It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton, and today will be my first solo show. Um, we're going to sit here and talk about the Wizards' preseason opener against the New York Knicks. Um, the Wizards fell to the Knicks uh, 104-99, to and, and the game was, uh, it, it, it was a bit of uh, an up-and-down affair. Um, the, the Knicks kind of got out on top of the Wizards early on in the game and, and kind of took it to the, the, the starting unit until uh, they, they, they were able to come back a little bit in the third quarter. And then the, 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 the Knicks went on another run. But uh, uh, that run was kind of squashed by the, the younger Wizards uh, who came into the game and got the game to within uh, two points in the last minute after being down as much as 18 uh, during the course of the game. And so I wanted to touch on uh, a few of the things that I personally noticed uh, while being at the game. 
Um, first, I want to talk about um, the the Wizards' uh, new scoreboard in Capital One Arena. I mean, that thing is it, it's it's a massive piece of technology, and I think that you know they 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 really are uh, boasting about you know everything that the scoreboard can do. I mean, it, it's got great uh, LED technology. It's got uh, three different levels. So uh, there, there, there's the the biggest uh, screen part, and then there's a there's a part below that that has all of the the team stats. So you know the the players' names and how many points or assists that they have in the game, and player fouls and things of that nature. And then there's this uh, circular ring around underneath that part, and and that just, it, it just has more screens, and it's very aesthetically pleasing. And I think that the the LED lights. It really brings a dynamic to the arena as far as illuminating the scene, and so you have that combined with the fact that you know the 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 Wizards finally adjusted the uh, the fan seating lighting so that it's more of a of a theater atmosphere, and it really makes for a great ambiance in the arena. And so for 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 me for for my first uh, experience in the new Capital One Arena. I was uh, very much impressed with, you know, just just the the very the, the atmosphere and the visual effect of being able to uh, watch the game. I felt like, you know, from 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 the fan vantage point that you could see a little bit more and it made it a, a little bit easier to be able to decipher the things that are going on on the court. And I think that that kind of really goes into um the, the resources that, you know, Ted Leonsis has invested into uh, the Wizards organization uh, and, and monumental basketball in general. And so, you know, whereas Ted, you know, seems to be uh, uh, lacking when it comes to in the past as far as uh, uh, basketball acumen and basketball decisions, I don't think that there's anybody who can say that, you know, as an owner that Ted Leonsis hasn't invested properly in making sure that the Wizards are, you know, kind of forward thinking and leaders when it comes to uh, innovation and technology around the team. And so, you know, when, when you have the the in uh, game experience uh, that, that the Wizards are trying to build right now, it, it really makes for a, a, a great atmosphere that, that uh, Wizards fans will enjoy when they come down to the arena. Now, as far as the actual on-the-court product from uh, tonight's game, you know, it, it was a little bit up and down, uh, I, I would have to say. Um, the, the Wizards starters, they, they kind of got out to a bit of a slow start, and, you know, they, they, they really allowed the, the Knicks to kind of uh, dominate them on on the uh, on the glass. You know the the, the Knicks ended up uh, with fifty five rebounds compared to uh, just fifty four for the Wizards. And a lot of those rebounds, uh, you know, that that the Wizards got were in the in the second half. You know, after the game, not 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 that the game was out of hand because you know the Wizards did come back and get it to a two point game uh, with less than a minute left behind the play of their stellar uh, bench players. But, I mean, it seemed as though early on Mitchell Robinson was kind of having his way um, in, in the first half as far as attacking the glass and, and getting offensive rebounds and putbacks. And so, you know, I, I believe that Thomas Bryant personally, you know, he took offense to that. And, you know, he came out in the, uh, in the third quarter and, you know, he really kind of took it to the, uh, the, the New York Knicks uh, 
and, and for for this first preseason game. You know, Thomas Bryant finished with 14 points and uh, 14 rebounds, 12 of those on the defensive side where he was kind of really just cleaning the glass. And so I, it felt like uh, Thomas Bryant, it, it took him a little while to kind of get into uh, his rhythm a little bit. Uh, he had a, he had a couple of plays at the beginning of the game where it seems like the ball was just slipping out of his hands and he, he missed the layup. And I know that he was very mad at himself because you know he's a little bit of a of a perfectionist when it comes to you know trying trying to make sure that he's doing his job correctly on the court. And so when you look at uh, his rebounding the basketball, you know, he, he did a, a fantastic job of, you know, attacking the glass in the second half and, and really just kind of boxing out Mitchell Robinson, who has a, a, a bit of a size advantage over uh, Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant, uh, who's listed at, at 6'10", he's probably like 6'10", 6'10 and a half, uh, but he has a 7'5 wingspan. But where Thomas Bryant really makes his bread and butter is the fact that he's such a great finisher on the offensive end. And so, you know, he he really after he got into his his rhythm a little bit, you know, he he kind of, you know, worked on his uh post moves a little bit. You know, he he actually unveiled a, a turnaround jumper to today that, you know, he really didn't show that part of his game uh last season. And I think that it's very important that Thomas Bryant uh, continues to develop because, you know, he's still a very young player. He's only 23 years old, and he, he's the type of player who the Wizards organization uh, seemed to have really, you know, taken a, taken a chance on. You know, they, they picked him up from uh, off of the waiver wire from when he got cut from the Los Angeles Lakers last season, and he was really the, the surprise of the Wizards team last season. You know, th- th- this is a guy who, you know, coming into last year, they were expecting him to be a, a mainstay of the Capital City Go-Go. And he ended up, you know, starting 50 games last year and and, and literally being one of the brightest spots of the Wizards season last year. And so Thomas Bryant, he he's so active and he brings so much energy. And it's kind of it's just infectious, like throughout the locker room and throughout the players on the court. And so I think that once Thomas Bryant kind of got his energy levels up, that it allowed for the rest of the team to, you know, kind of get more involved in the game. And so when you have the, the starters who, you know, they, they didn't they didn't really play that many minutes. Uh, you know, star Bradley Bill, he only played 16 minutes and uh, all of those minutes came in the first half. He didn't play at all in the second half. And I think that, you know, that, that's definitely the right move for Brad. He, he struggled a little bit early on with his shot making. But I think that uh, a lot of that, Brad was kind of deferring a little bit, trying to get some of his younger uh, teammates involved. And so when, when you look at what the Wizards were able to do, I think that they, they, they are trying to focus on the development aspect of their younger players. And so I'm going to take a quick break right now, and I'm going to just go through a, a a little bit of a synopsis of what I saw from some of the Wizards' young younger players. But first, I want to tell you guys about Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. And for MLB users, use promo code postseason all right so 
Back to what I was saying with some of the Wizards' younger players who uh, were uh, more effective in the second half than uh, the Wizards' starters were in, in, in the first half. And I first want to start with uh, Mo Wagner, who I have to say that, you know, he didn't really impress me too much in uh, Wizards for Summer League, but I definitely understand that, you know, that the, they made that trade, you know, uh, in the middle of the summer and where they brought over Mo Wagner, uh, Jamario Jones, and Isaac Bonga from the uh, from the Lakers. And so they were kind of just thrust into the, the Wizards lineup this summer. And so they didn't really have too much practice time. They didn't, they don't, they're not familiar with their teammates at all. And so, you know, uh, Mo Wagner, he was kind of really just, you know, just thrown out there. And so it, naturally he struggled a bit this summer. But I would say that uh, through the first week of Wizards training camp that Mo Wagner has, has looked pretty consistent as far as not only scoring down low, but being able to knock down his shots from the outside as well. Um, the, the, the thing about Wagner is the fact that, you know, he is, you know, a, a good size. He's got, he's about 6'11", but he can really shoot it from, from deep. And even though he went one from seven from three point, uh, range in this game, you know, he had a, a few open looks. Now, I, I really like the fact that he has the confidence to, to you know, kind of let it fly, uh, you know, at, at any point in time. And so I think that there was a good chemistry built up between uh, Mo Wagner and Davis Bertans, who, you know, played on the court at the same time a lot in that in that second half while the team was going on that run. And, you know, with, with Bertans, I mean, Bertans is a lights out shooter. And, you know, although he only shot three for nine from three point range, you know, he he's a guy who, you know, in training camp, I mean, he really hasn't been missing. And, you know, this is a guy who shot well over 40% from three-point range uh, last season with the San Antonio Spurs. And, and, and this is a guy who, who really brings, you know, that floor spacing to the Wizards lineup that they really need in order to have the room for, for Brad and Thomas Bryant, you know, to be able to operate during their two-man game. And so I, I, I'm looking at um, other guys like Justin Robinson, who, you know, he, he might have struggled a little bit uh, playing in his NBA debut. Um, you know, he, he was a, a, a team low minus 26 with his plus minus for the game. But I think that, you know, he, he, he was a little bit uh, apprehensive to uh, start the game. But once he kind of got into a rhythm, you know, he really settled in and was pushing the pace for the team and, you know, was getting guys involved. Um, I, I like Justin Robinson because he he's a very good defender for a a a rookie uh, point guard and for for a player who you know doesn't have much NBA experience he seems to be very confident with you know getting his guys in position and and being very communicative on the offensive end. One of the other younger players that I want to highlight is uh, Garrison Matthews. Now, Garrison Matthews is a player that I don't think a lot of Wizards fans are really familiar with at this point, but he's a name that I think that people are going to get to know very soon just because of how electric he is as a as an offensive weapon. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, his jumper is is lethal. I mean, this, this is a guy, I mean, I, I've been to uh, pretty much all the Wizards training camp practices um, for the past week. And I mean, this is a guy who literally does not miss 
when he's open from three-point range. And I think one of the things that I like about uh, Garrison Matthews so much is the fact that, you know, he doesn't really need to, you know, get uh, into his shooting pocket and for everything to be perfect for him to get his shot off. I mean, he has such a quick release and that, you know, he, he can shoot, you know, fade into the left. He can shoot fade into the right. He can shoot coming off of screens. He can shoot coming off of down curls. You know, and I think that, you know, one of the things that the Wizards organization has been kind of preaching to him is for him to, you know, get his feet kind of more set and for him to get balanced so that he can he can get, you know, a, a good good look at the basket every time. They want him to be consistent with his base. But I think that, you know, he over time that he can develop to be one of those players who just literally lets it fly. And so when you look at, uh, you know, his his uh, stat line from tonight's game, he shot a three for five from the field and two for four from three point range. But I, I think that what, what he brought to the team was that, you know, the, the, the Knicks, they are very familiar with the scouting report and, you know, they knew that he was a shooter. And so they were paying a, a good deal of attention to him. And I think that that is something that, you know, he is going to have at his advantage while he plays in the preseason and kind of getting active. And so when you look at what uh, Garrison Matthews is able to bring to the table, he has a very unique skill set where you know exactly what it is that he brings to the table. And that's that's elite perimeter shooting. And so I don't think that there's an NBA team out there that doesn't need elite perimeter shooting. One of the things that the Wizards have uh, with their advantage with Garrison Matthews is the fact that they signed him to that two-way contract. So that means he's he doesn't have to worry about competing for his roster spot like a lot, a lot of the other uh, end-of-the-bench players uh, for the Wizards. He knows that he is going to be a Washington Wizard slash Capital City Go-Go for the duration of this season. And so the Wizards kind of get a chance to have a free look at Garrison Matthews just because the uh, the Capital City Go-Go season uh, – the G League season doesn't really start until uh, November. And so those uh, NBA days do not count towards uh, his, his, his G League two-way contract days. So until the G League season starts, that means that he'll be able to practice with the Wizards and even play in Wizards games without it affecting uh, how the Wizards will be able to bring him up throughout the season. And so with there being so many injuries to the to the Wizards, um, you know, coming into uh, training camp and coming into preseason, you know, Garrison Matthews has had a grand opportunity to get some some good run in uh, in, in training camp practice. So, you know, they had a scrimmage on on Thursday and a five on five scrimmage, uh, intra squad scrimmage. And Garrison Matthews was, you know, he was able to play on both teams. He was able to play on. You know, the first team on the second team, and he's a guy who can kind of fit in and play um, amongst pretty much any lineup on the team. He's a player that I'm really excited for. And, you know, I I was talking to a a Knicks beat reporter who kind of asked me about my impressions of uh, of what Garrison Matthews has brought. And, you know, he mentioned that, you know, uh, he overheard a few of the Knicks players in the locker room you know, kind of talking about Garrison Matthews and his shooting ability. And so if, if there is a diamond in the rough, a gem that the uh, Wizards could have potentially found, 
I think that Garrison Matthews can potentially be that. I want to take a, another break and, and tell you guys about Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $300 or more at Indochino.com when entering promo code Locked On at checkout. Yeah, so we I've had a chance to talk about Garrison Matthews. I've had a chance to talk about Thomas Bryant. Now, we have to talk about a little bit of uh, tomfoolery that happened uh, during the uh, the Wizards game. Uh, th- th- there wouldn't be a, a Wizards-Knicks uh, preseason matchup if there wasn't a, a, a on-the-court altercation involving one of the Morris twins. I'm sure many of you remember last year when uh, Markeith Morris you know, got into it with uh, Mitchell Robinson in the very first preseason game where, you know, they, they got into a little bit of a, of a tussle and, and, and Morris was uh, pushing Mr. Robinson around. And then after the game, he, he was uh, famously quoted for saying, you know, he's just a stupid-ass rookie. He, he doesn't know what he's doing. And so this year we had uh, uh, Marquise's twin brother, Marcus, who signed with the New York Knicks in the offseason. Who, who got into it with uh, Justin Anderson uh, for the Wizards. And so we, we, we have to look at the fact that, you know, I mean, Justin Anderson, first of all, Justin Anderson started the game for the Wizards. And and, and that was a bit of a surprise uh, coming into tonight. You know, I think that a lot of people thought that um, uh, Scott Brooks would go with uh, Davis Bertans and Rui as the starting forwards. But he threw a little bit of a curveball in there, and he started Justin Anderson uh, in the first preseason game. And that's really because, I mean, Anderson is, is, is kind of the only healthy small forward on the Wizards roster right now. And so, you know, he came out and he was aggressive. And I guess Marcus Morris didn't really like uh, him talking to him too much. And so uh, Morris did something that I, I don't think I've ever seen in an NBA basketball game. I mean, he literally uh, took the ball in, in his triple threat position and literally just bopped Justin Anderson on the head with the ball. And so for a while, people really were kind of confused as to what happened. But uh, the, the refs rightfully uh, went to the, to, to the scores table and took a look at it and, and came back to the conclusion that uh, Marcus Morris uh, got a, a flagrant two and was ejected from the game. So I think that that was a very correct decision. Like I said, that was, you know, that was one of the weirder things I've ever seen happen on an NBA court. But I think that it, it kind of goes in line with, you know, just the Morris twins being the Morris twins. And so that that, that was kind of what Bradley Bill talked about uh, after the game, that, you know, he he's not surprised by uh, anything that comes from uh, what, what the Morris twins will do on the basketball court. And so, you know, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, there's any uh, love lost between uh, Marcus Morris and Justin Anderson. I, I think that, you know, that that's something that happened at the time. And, you know, Morris Morris even admitted after the, the game that that's not something that he would have done during the regular season. And that, you know, he, he's just kind of having fun with it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a very odd thing, I think, for, for him to, to, to literally hit Justin Anderson in the head. But we, I mean, I, I, I want to go back to the fact that Justin Anderson did start the game. He started next to Rui, uh, with Rui essentially playing the power forward position. And I thought that Rui handled himself uh, fairly well for his, 
you know, first taste of NBA action, albeit just the preseason. Uh, he was matched up with uh, the New York Knicks' uh, Julius Randle pretty much all game. And I think it's safe to say that Rui kind of got the, the best of that matchup uh, between Julius Randle. You know, uh, Rui finished the game with, with 12 points on four of eight shooting. I think uh, when, when you look at Rui and how he performed on the court, you have to take into consideration that, you know, this is a guy who looks very comfortable for a, an NBA rookie, and he plays very much within himself. He doesn't really force the issue. He doesn't really, you know, play, you know, outside of his comfort zone. You know, he didn't really uh, – he took one three-point shot, and he made that three-point shot, but it's not like he's going out there saying, oh, man, everybody wants to me to shoot threes, so I have to shoot more threes. You know, he knows that his his bread and butter is in the uh, in the mid-range game, and so he 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 did that. He he went out there, he worked, and he got to his spots. And I felt like he was just very comfortable for a, a for an NBA rookie, especially matched up against uh, Julius Randle, who's coming off of a a twenty and ten season. And so that that wasn't an easy matchup. And although I know that Julius Randle isn't known as a defensive stopper, you know, it was good for for Rui to you know kind of assert himself with his physical play. I think that there's a good chance that uh, Rui Hashimura ends up starting uh, at one of those forward positions on October 23rd uh, when the team opens up in Dallas against the Dallas Mavericks. Now, I think that, you know, the, the Wizards are playing into, uh, you know, having Rui on the roster, you know, from with him being an international sensation. You know, there, there, there have been a, a fair amount of uh, Japanese media at the games to uh, cover Rui Hashimura. And, you know, the, the Wizards are doing a fantastic job of, you know, making sure, taking it full advantage of uh, the, the, the international coverage of Rui. You know, they, they've added a, uh, a Japanese uh, uh, media uh, person who's going to cover the team full time for uh, WashingtonWizards.com. And, you know, he he's done a great job of, you know, being able to translate everything. And I think that that is making uh, Rui very comfortable with, you know, all of his media obligations uh, as a rookie. You know, it, it's got to be tough coming into an NBA season and not only having to get adjusted to, you know, the style of play on the court, but when you are, uh, you know, a well-sought-out uh, commodity off of the court, it's very important that the team just – you know, allows him to be as comfortable as possible. I think that the Wizards, uh, they, it, while although they did not get the win tonight, they they they, they looked like a team who, you know, is is going to be in the developing stages, which I think a lot of people can assume. But again, Bradley Bill only played sixteen minutes, and so you can't really judge the Wizards losing tonight's game. And say that, oh man, that this that this team is going to be who we thought they were coming into this season. There is a good chance that the Wizards will be uh, pleasantly surprising for a lot of pundits throughout the league, and, and, and it will really start with you know how their younger players develop. So the Wizards will be back down at Capital One Arena uh, on Wednesday to take on the Guangzhou Long Lions. Uh, this will be the third year that the Wizards will be playing the Long Lions. 
And it will be very interesting to see how the media coverage surrounding uh, a Chinese Basketball Association team uh, playing in America will be after, you know, the the, the Daryl Morey comments and, you know, the NBA's, uh, you know, strong reaction uh, to those comments. It's very interesting to me to see that the league is, you know, very much invested in the NBA in China. And so they made sure to let it be known that, you know, the comments from the, the, the tweet from Daryl Morey does not represent, you know, the Houston Rockets or the league in general. And so I, I just want to see how everything plays out with the long lines that they're playing in Philadelphia tomorrow uh, against the 76ers. And so they'll be playing back-to-back games and they'll be in DC on Wednesday. And they'll also be going through a little bit of a training camp uh, period where they'll be practicing down at the Wizards practice facility um, over the course of the, of the rest of the week. And so, you know, I'm very interested to see, you know, what, what, what the uh, long lions players have to say about, all the things that are going on, uh, you know, with this, you know, what what was started out as an innocuous tweet, but has now turned into an international incident. But either way, there will be basketball played uh, for the rest of the week, and so it, it, I think that it's a, it's an exciting time for the young Wizards and for Wizards fans to kind of see what they have with some of their younger players. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I have a very special guest uh, coming up on the podcast for this week. And so you, you guys will be in for a treat as far as, you know, the, the, the guest that I have coming on uh, later on. So I, I'm very much looking forward to that. And I hope you guys will uh, tune in and listen again after the Long Lions game on Wednesday. I buy my girl shit that don't matter the price They see that I'm taking, they try getting pants Label money, I just tell in advance I ain't cheating, I'm just trying to dance She just trying to have me up in the trance I'm in a stripper like fuck it. They just trying to make some buckets Love when I slap down my ones But it bounced like a ball when I struck it So if you ever see a real nigga like me Just let them live and just be how it be Go to the club with them two and you'll see that With a J, we be on the same team I wanna ball like the Wizards Yeah, you know what I mean When I'm blowing on the net Girl, she went shots for the team I was in high school dreams, now I'm almost looking clean Teaching game like a dean, coach all these girls to a ring I want a ball, I like the whistles, yeah you know what I mean When I'm blue I'm on the net, girl she was shot for the team I was in high school dreams, now I'm almost looking clean Teaching game like a dean, coach all these girls to a ring Hey Prime members! 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.